This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 567, Comic Reviews of the Week of Wednesday, April the 4th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 567, where we take a look at some of the the uh, books that came out on the week of Wednesday, April the 4th. Uh, this episode, um, as I record it, I haven't had a chance to read a lot of the books, but trying to uh, get the, uh, the the old Comic Shenanigans show back on track. So I've been sick recently, so uh, hoping that uh, finally the show can get back on a semi-regular schedule where episodes come out every three to four days instead of you know, six days between or seven days between episodes and then having three episodes within a couple days and hopefully I can get back on a kind of a having reviews episodes come out anywhere between Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday and then having non-reviews episodes come out Friday or Saturday. I mean, it used to be, I think, Mondays and Fridays or Tuesdays and Fridays and I really like that schedule. Uh, I just haven't really been able to keep that schedule for a while and I'm I'm sure, as my uh, my good friend AJ would attest, that I'm probably the only one who stresses or worries about that schedule and everyone else is probably like, oh, it's a new comic shenanigans, it's cool. Um, whereas I'm the only one who's like, oh my god, I'm so late. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into actually talking about comics. Uh, April 4th, some of the releases that I have not yet had a chance to read include Astonishing X-Men, Avengers Shards of Infinity, Batman Sins of the Father, Batman White Knight, Black Bolt, uh, Cyborg, Deathstroke, which I've heard amazing things about, uh, Green Lanterns, Justice League, New Beefens, Dead Souls, Nightwing, Rise of the Black Panther, Rogue and Gambit, Runaways, Star Wars, Suicide Squad, Hold the Pay, uh, Spider-Man, um, Superman, Punisher, Venom, Venomized, X-Men Gold. That is a lot of books. What the heck did I read? Uh, first up, we have Old New Wolverine 33. Now, I've I got to say, I've been really digging uh, Old New Wolverine for a while. Uh, I think it, ever since it started, I w- I've said before, I was never really a huge X-23 fan. Nothing personal, I, just, I don't know, the character had never really worked for me. And then, ever since Tom Taylor's been writing the character, I've just loved the book. Um, the artwork on this issue is by Ramon Rosanas. And uh, this was kind of cool, because... Uh, this was a different type of story. This was Old Woman Laura Part 1, obviously a bit of a, a spin on Old Man Logan, and uh, now we get Laura's version of it. Um, but it's, it's, I like that it's very different, uh, where, you know, it's a very different future. So in Madripoor, uh, we have a very different Wolverine, uh, who's in fact Gabby, um, who, you know, which is cool. And then, uh, you know, we get to see that the actual queen of uh, Madripoor is actually Laura, um, and that's kind of what's happened to her in this future, which I thought was really cool. And they have an interesting interaction. And, um, you know, there's kind of a, a mission that's left. And I like that the president of the United States is no, none other than Kamala Khan, uh, formerly known as Miss Marvel, which was pretty cool. And we get this kind of sense of this, this future conflict, uh, this doom world war. Um, and how, you know, Laura's kind of big thing is that she wants to kill Doom. Maria Hill looking very old and very haggard and almost almost cable-ish in terms of, like, is there an eye that's glowing or what's supposed to be happening there? Or Anyway, she, she's still around, and the idea that, you know, they're going to kind of do this team-up and they're going to go and try and kill Doom was really cool. And, um, yeah, and then Gabby may have done something, and it was... I'm really kind of digging what this issue was. It was a, it was interesting to kind of look at a future where, uh, especially, it's kind of a, a flipping flipping the script than what we expect from an old man blank story because we've only really had old man Wolverine uh, in this particular kind of way or old man Hawkeye now. But the idea is that you know it's a dystopian kind of you know future where the 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 heroes lost, and the hero and the, you know the villains won. And I like that Laura's uh, reality that we get to see here is very different. Uh, it's kind of the opposite, and uh, I like that Kamala Khan got to be the present in the future. Pretty cool. 
so I, I give it a solid eight. Next up is Amazing Spider-Man seven ninety eight, otherwise known as Go Down Swinging Part Two, with a beautiful cover by Alex Ross. I'm not always a fan of Alex Ross's covers these days, but it's it's a really good one. Uh, it's written by Dan Slott, art by Stuart Immonen. And for the most part, this was very entertaining, although at times it did feel like it had shades of things I've seen before. Um, I like that, you know, everyone's kind of worried about what's going on, and uh, they can kind of feel something, and something might be coming their way. And Peter's like, eh, I'm calm down, everything's fine, because I have spider sense that would tell me if anything is actually happening, although he doesn't actually say that part. And then, boom, we have the Green Goblin show up. Uh, it definitely had remi- shades of reminding me of um, Spider-Man 75 or Revelations Part 4 at the end of the Clone Saga. I love that uh, J. Jonah Jameson is really punishing himself um, you know, for what he's done by you know, giving up Spider-Man's identity to the Green Goblin. He's really kind of uh, taking himself very, taking it very personally. Um, I like the the threatening, like I, you know, I, I I did something to your boy Phil as he talks uh, as Green Goblin talks to Ben uh, Urich. I uh, like when Spider-Man finally shows up to be heroic. I like that Anti Venom is able to find Jameson. I'm interested to see where that goes. Um, Liz Allen, uh, the the person watching over the children, is finally uh, you know show their true colors and takes them out with the like, darts and which was kind of crazy that this character just does that um really amps up the uh, level of the threat level and I'm excited to see where this goes is it all like what how much of it is what we think it could be and how much of it might be something else um spider-man and the green goblin's battle is relatively short-lived and then spider-man kind of does a hail mary to survive a big giant blast and then we have this kind of interesting death scene where um where Norman kind of quote unquote dies, but he doesn't because he's got the Carter symbiote. And I'm not a huge fan of the weird tail design, but otherwise it's kind of a cool, creepy, um, uh, image. And I kind of like how instantly they, they, they start fighting again and it realizes Spider-Man realizes this is a lot worse than he expects it to be. We have these weird new bombs. Uh, he gets knocked into like a building and, you know, he's very much, realizing that he's really out of his element because not only is he up against his fearsome, most fearsome foe who's now been augmented insanely with the Carnage Symbiote and so, uh, you know, the Carnage Symbiote kind of says, like, you know, if you stop being Spider-Man and you just go away, I'll let you live as Peter and that's it. And uh, the Spider-Man kind of, you know, waves the flag or the costume for, and that's it. And then Peter thinking, I'm going to take you down because you, you know, underestimated me, underestimated me. You only focused on the spider, not the man. And the man is the one who's going to take you down, which is cool. The only problem, the only thing that doesn't work about this is that I, I always liked that it was more about Norman and Peter and the fact that he doesn't care about Peter. But, you know, especially it goes all the effort to find out his identity, but really just to help him find him. But like, really, it's the spider that he only cares about now and not you know, Peter anymore, where, I mean, at, at one, at some point, it very much transitioned to being all about Norman and Peter. And maybe that's a misread by some writers who then, you know, became the way it was. I mean, Revelations, I mentioned earlier, that was a big kind of turning point because you actually specifically had Peter at that point ripping off his mask and Norman's mask and saying, this has always been about us. This has always been about Osborne and Parker. But if you look at the original issues, it wasn't really at all. It was more about Spider-Man and Green Goblin. But it changed, especially after Revelations, and then everything after that was definitely about Osborne and Parker and less about the spider. But I guess then you had writers like Warren Ellis who definitely made it about this, this idea of the spider and crushing the spider. And even if like the steel spider wasn't even spider-man but it's still the spider um so i'm not sure how i feel about that but overall really well done um had a great sense of pacing uh definitely was exciting uh i'll give it a solid eight and a half 
Um, I almost went to a nine there, but didn't quite. Uh, next up is issue 687 of Avengers by Al Ewing, Mark Wade, and Jim Zub. Uh, artwork by Paco Medina. Um, here we have everyone kind of realizing that Voyager is not an Avenger and that she's, you know, again, just a pawn of the Grandmaster as his daughter. Uh, everyone's kind of trying to find out the truth of this. You have an interesting conversation between Jarvis and Banner, which I thought was okay, but needed to be a little bit better illustrated and more consistent because I swear it didn't really look like Banner. It looked like Peter Parker, to be honest. Uh, it was kind of a weird look. Um, you have everyone worried about the vision and how to kind of rescue him. You have the Quicksilver really trying to push himself because he thinks that he can see something. And it turns out that he can, that there is something kind of moving around all the time. And he wants to be able to help everyone with that. Um, Voyager, again, explaining more about what's going on with the Elders of the Universe and the Champion. Or sorry, the Challenger, I should say. Um, and that she can't really feel her, you know, her father. And the Challenger is, you know, trying to uh, take on Earth and, and take it out. Because he thinks he, he views it as a pestilence upon the universe. Uh, I'm going to give this another 8. I think every issue of this series has been solid, uh, well-written, well-illustrated, and I think as a collected format, it will look even better, and it will actually... Because that being said, you're reading it every seven days, so it's not like you have a long time between issues anyway, whereas with the standard monthly, obviously, you have 30 issues, uh, 30 days. Uh, next up is uh, Batman 44 by Tom King and Mikhail Yannan. I like this. It was at times confusing what was really going on, because in the present you have Wonder Woman kind of waking up and, I guess, going to try and address and, you know, try to figure things out, and uh, that's kind of where she goes. And then, you know, kind of getting ready for the wedding, and then we have kind of all these flashbacks that are a lot more about the relationship between Catwoman and Batman, uh, the idea of them changing, changing costumes, changing over time, which was intriguing, but I wasn't always sure what exactly what was going on. I'm going to give it an 8, though, because, again, it was stylistic, it was, it was challenging at times, and it felt like it was an interesting kind of one-off. It was very different, because, again, there was no real villain, per se. It was more of a character study, and, you know, I'm all for that, because I like things that kind of buck the trend and are a little bit different. I'll give it an 8. Next up is Iron Fist 79, um, but this is by what, Ed Brisson and Damien Cuchero, the artist, and uh, continues the story that really... You know, started in earnest in the last issue, uh, really taking damnation and kind of doing its own thing. Um, and now we have Orson Randall fighting for his soul, and he has to do all these battles. And then we have the idea that you know he wants, you know, just to be able to do his battle. And Danny's like, okay. And then his mom ends up there, and that's kind of different because, you know, that that maybe wasn't, or sorry, it wasn't. It was Daniel's sister. Sorry, I thought it was his mom. I don't know why I said that. It was Miranda Can't Ran Kai. And that's his sister. So it's very interesting to kind of see them playing things so that, you know, you expect, you know, Orson needs to win and, you know, what's going to happen there. And then uh, Mephisto has kind of his own game in play. And now he's promising Miranda her own kind of life back if she's able to take on Orson. So it's really interesting. Um, the art is not the strongest, but it's still a very enjoyable book. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Um, it was a good issue for all the books I a good week for all the books I read really and uh, then we have Marvel 2 and 1 issue number 5 uh, Fate of the 4 this is written by uh, Chip Zdarsky I wrote by Valerio Shidi I enjoyed this a lot it was you know a fun little um, alternate universe story uh, dealing with you know this other world and um, you know how to, how to deal with with guilt and um, I thought it was pretty interesting, uh, just kind of seeing how the characters are dealing with their guilt in this different version. Um, 
people, some people might be like, oh, Reed would never be like that. Or, but at the end of the day, this is an alternate reality for a reason. We get to do things or see things that we wouldn't normally see in the regular universe. So I like that we're kind of trying something different. Uh, in terms of how the characters are written, but overall, very enjoyable. I'm a little sad because I'm like, is this book still going to exist when Fantastic Four launches by um, Dan Slott, or is something else going to happen? And that is the only thing that kind of gives me pause, because I'm really enjoying this book, and I'm enjoying what Sadarsky's doing, and as much as excited as I am to see what Dan Slott does with the Fantastic Four, I'll be sad if it means we have to give this up, as I'm enjoying it. Uh, and then that is it for this week. That, that was another solid eight. Uh, looking forward uh, next week, April 11th, um, some of these selected releases uh, coming out as per previewsworld.com. I'll get to those in just a second uh, as I wait for uh, my webpage to load suddenly. Uh, you can always email me at the podcast at commerceshenanigans at gmail.com. Like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes. Also listen to us on Stitcher. We have some great stuff coming out over the next couple of months. We've got a conversation with Jim Kruger. We obviously have a lot of movie review episodes as we have uh, Avengers Infinity War coming out soon, as well as Deadpool 2, uh, Solo. Um, in the summer we have, what, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp coming out. So... Uh, some great stuff is going to be coming down the line. Uh, Chris Sonnemeyer is going to be doing an episode sometime soon. Uh, we're also going to have probably uh, Criss Cross. Uh, there's a few others as well uh, that are kind of coming down the line soon. Uh, so once again, talking about April 11th releases, some of the highlights uh, include, let's see here, Tomb Raider Survivor's Crusade 404. Uh, from DC, we've got Action Comics, 80 Years of Superman Hardcover, uh, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey 21, Detective Comics 978, the DC Universe by Brian K. Vaughn, Trey Paperback, uh, New Issue of The Flash, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, we got Hawkman by Jeff Johns, Trey Paperback Volume 2, we've got Justice League of America 28, new issues of Mad Magazine, that's Mad Magazine number 1, New Superman and the Justice League of China, Red Hood and the Outlaws, Sideways, Suicide Squad, Scooby Apocalypse, uh, Supergirl, I've got Superman Exile and other stories, Omnibus Hardcover, which I know a lot of people in the Marvel Masterworks Forum are super excited about. Uh, Superman Trade Paperback Volume 5, Hopes and Fears, it's part of Rebirth. Uh, we've got The Wonder Woman by George Perez, Trade Paperback Volume 3. Over uh, at uh, IDW, we've got Back to the Future Time Train Number 4, DuckTales Number 8, uh, DuckTales Mysteries and Mallard's Trade Paperback uh, for just $10. We've got uh, Goosebumps, uh, Download and Die. We've got uh, Ram and the Micronauts, Sonic the Hedgehog at number two, because it's monthly this month, sorry, weekly this year. Sorry, weekly this month. Um, I started actually, I bought issue one for my son. He doesn't actually really read it because he's four and a half, but he knows Sonic because he's played, uh, seen me play uh, Sonic Forces. Uh, so he's he at least knows who the character is, and so he's excited about that. Uh, we've got, let's see, uh, Star Trek New Visions, Enemy of My Enemy. Uh, that's $8. We've got TMNT Ongoing, number 81. We have Underwear, Trade Paperback, and the X-Files Conspiracy Theory game. Um, let's see. For over at Image, we've got Dead Hand, Crude, uh, Dry County, Internal Empire, Gideon Falls, number two. Uh, we've got Rose, uh, Sleepless, and I guess the Bruces. Over at Marvel, we've got America Trade Paperback Volume 2, Fast and Furtona. Furtona. Uh, we've got uh, Avengers 688 as we get closer to the end of the current storyline. 
Uh, I don't think it's the ending, though. Avengers Epic Collection, Avengers Defenders War, Ben Riley's Crowd Spider is coming up with a new issue. Cable Trade Paperback Volume 2, Newer Mutants. We've got the big 700th issue of Captain America for $6. Uh, we've got Despicable, sorry, Despicable Deadpool 298, which, again, I'm loving that book. Uh, we've got new issue of Champions. I believe that's where Jim Zub starts his run. I've got Domino number one, Exiles number one. We've got a new issue of Falcon. Uh, we've got Jean Grey, Trade Paperback Volume 2, Final Fight. Old Man Logan number 38. We got uh, Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man Trade Paperback Volume 2, Most Wanted by Chip Sadarsky. We've got Spider-Man Deadpool, Star Wars Darth Vader, Star Wars Thrawn. We've got uh, True Believers, Infinity Gauntlet number one, and True Believers, Thanos Rising number one. I like these uh, True Believers. Uh, I've bought a bunch around the uh, the June Grey period, just because I felt that they worked more as kind of done in ones. Whereas I think some of the other ones, generally, they're kind of parts of other stories, and so... It's a little less interesting, but I like the ones where it's, again, more of a done-in-one issue, and then that I'm more likely to be like, yeah, I'll pay a, a buck for like kind of a done-in-one, as opposed to part one of something, and I don't have the other parts, or I have them elsewhere, but in trade, like, I don't know. I, I like the format. I like the concept of the format. It hasn't always worked out. We got Unbelievable Gwenpool, Trade Paperback Volume 5, Lost in the Plot. I have, don't have any of the trades, but I really want an omnibus when it's, now that it's all over, because it was so good, so enjoyable for me. Uh, we got the X-Men Legion Quest hardcover for $75. A lot of good content, obviously, for those who love the X-Men hardcovers in the oversized format. It really plugs some holes. Um, however, because uh, Marvel was doing this crazy thing in the last little while, you could buy that hardcover for a dollar uh, last week uh, digitally, which is crazy pants, so I did buy it because it was a dollar. And we've got X-Men Red number 3, which I'm really enjoying, and X-Men Blue. Um, other assorted releases that will be coming out are the issue 6 of The Archies, um, got the Betty and Veronica Jumbo Comics Digest 262. Uh, I'm sure there's some other things that I am not noticing right away, but uh, you have to kind of keep your eyes out for those as well. We've got Robotech Archive Omnibus Volume 1 of 3, um, Sub- Supermansion number 1 of 2, uh, etc., etc. So thanks for listening to this episode of Comic Shenanigans, and uh, we will catch you next time on our next non reviews episode. Thanks again. Bye bye.